priorities, to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good, good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? Are you asking me? She's thinking about should I, it. Should I answer? Should I answer? Um, oh, I don't know. Do I want to know the answer? <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. the right answer. So the answer would be yes. Time out. Oh. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? Yes, I am. Whether you are or not. Yes. Right? Are you ready to say yes to spirit? Absolutely yes. Ah, now you don't know that. We voice. have another voice in the room. <laughs> it must be the voice of spirit. Yes. <laughs> and I say yes. We found to it. it. We found it and we brought it here. Well, I love it. <laughs> well, that would be true, actually. Anyway, welcome to this week's edition of Say Yes to Spirit. I'm Tracy. I'm Leslie. And we have a special guest host today with us, and her name is... Kim. Hello, everyone. Yay! And every week on Say Yes to Spirit, we have a theme, and if you are a regular listener, you know that for the last few weeks, we have been doing themes under the bigger theme of relationship. And we have talked about relationships with our families. We have talked about relationships, professional relationships, those relationships with people we work with or serve in our work. And we have also talked about our relationships with strangers. Strangers! Stranger, danger, stranger, danger. And uh, today we're going to talk about our relationship with God. How appropriate that is for a show called Say Yes to Spirit. And if you also are a regular listener, you know that in addition to having a theme every week, we have a connected Ding, 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 ding. See, I'm going to my own. I'm going to have my own theme music if you don't do it for me. Ding, ding. Did you get it? Did you get it? Sort of something, but I like it a lot. Yes, very good. 
Well, it had to be fun. Yes. It had this element of game show because connected <laughs> us feels sometimes like you're a contestant. Like I might win or I might not. Right, right, right. And you, um, yeah, so um, the cuckoo clock really didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> So that's this week's Connect the Dots, and um, we'll be right back after this break. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. I feel like singing Leslie Sing 
song it was <laughs> connected up. Like, all over again. Connected <laughs> all over again. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. So uh, what do we mean when we say relationship with God? Did you ask the question before? Is that the primary? Is that the yeah, beginning it's, it's, of the... the ultimate relationship, ultimate. the one you have cultivated or the one you are cultivating with spirit. Is that the ultimate relationship? Ultimate being defined as best. No, it could be defined as best, or it could be defined as what's that? What's that in science where it's prime? Is it prime that it's the core of whatever everything else comes from? That Mm. highest order. Mm. Mm. I would say yes. Are you answering? Yes. Okay, my answer (laughs) is yes. Should we go around the room? <laughs> so, yes is my new favorite word. Yes. <laughs> say yes. yes. And I think we're all going to say yes to spirit. I'm going to say yes. Yes. I say yes. I actually saw that Jim Carrey. I didn't see the whole thing again. I'd seen it originally when it came out. The, what, the yes, yes movie, man. The yes man. And I just saw it briefly, a piece of it on cable the other night, and it brought back the power of saying yes and the power of seeing things that come into my life as an opportunity versus, you know, no or fear. And I I wonder if that saying yes sort of brings that spirit energy back to me and brings me back to my prime, brings me back to my core of the essence of who I am by by saying yes, by stepping in instead of stepping out or sideways or turning my back and running. <laughs> or fighting. Or fighting, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Resisting. Right, right. No, I don't want to do it. No, no, I don't want to do it. Okay, Noah said no, and not Noah. Um, who was in the belly of the whale? Why am I blanking? Oh, Jonah. Jonah. It's like it's two syllables. Come on, wake up, right? <laughs> it sounds like Noah's Jonah. Right, if I could not know some of the same letters, Jonah. Like Jonah, no. Oh well, maybe. well, yeah, I'll do that. But can I do it here? <laughs> do I have to really go way over there. Mm-hmm. Like, do I have to go to that land in order to do it? Come on, you know that bargaining, negotiating, or ignoring, or fighting, resisting. Um, you know, just do it. Just say yes. So we're all three agreeing that yes is the honesty, ultimate prime, from whence all else comes kind of relationship. Yeah, I think so, but you know, it it I think so and it strikes me as I'm saying yes. What do I mean when I say relationship? When when I say I'm having a relationship with my friend Kim or my co host Leslie yeah, or thanks for including me because I was gonna get a little jealous. Go ahead. <laughs> or my um I had a relationship when I went in the store yesterday with the cashier at the Dollar Tree. I mean it was a three- or four-minute relationship, but it was a relationship nonetheless. What do I mean when I say I have a relationship with God? Right. What do you mean? I'm trying thinking about that. Oh, I see. Right this very moment. If I believe, as I do, that God is within me, is the essential, is my own essential nature, mm-hmm. as well as the essential nature of everything, mm-hmm. Is it even possible, it's not possible for me to be separated from that. So what does it mean to have a relationship with God? You know, that's an interesting, my journey, I would say my spiritual journey began when I was 19. I got into Al-Anon, and it's very much the 12 steps are all about forming a relationship with a higher power. And certainly they allow for anything to be that higher power, the group itself, God, Buddha, the clock on the wall. And I can remember a very wise sponsor saying, okay, the first thing we're going to do is you're going to get a relationship with God. She used that word. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. I can't see God. And I had been raised in the Methodist Church and had a very good positive feeling. There was nothing negative feeling about Jesus or God at that time was the language I used. And she said, so how do you have a relationship with someone? You have to talk to them mostly when you're starting a new relationship. You're really excited. You call them every day. (laughs) You know, you want to find out where they came from, what they think. How, you know. So she kind of set up this path where I started a daily spiritual practice and nice. creating this relationship. And I would pray, and it was very much of an external God, and I really 
pretty quickly established a very clear relationship with this external God that was very loving and very kind, and that I would, and I had this image of a conduit, you know, kind of a pipe that um, would come down from this external God experience and would come in through me and come out of me. And that was my vision for probably 15, 20 years. And I'm a therapist, and that's how I would do therapy. Whenever I would do therapy, I would just open up that conduit. Whenever I would be in a conversation with a friend, I tried to live my life in that conduit image. And the relationship was, you know, outside in, coming through. And so when I got into new thought, which is really ancient wisdom, right, the idea that we're, you know, God within, coming within out, I've had to go through all these, like, sort of, Backward metaphors, like an owl going, conduits inside me, and I'm out, and I'm like, you're going to go out in, and then I'd pray, like, to my stomach or something, you know, instead of praying out, you know, like, praying in to my chest or something. And it's been a real journey for me to reorganize that relationship. I have a really solid relationship, but it's not solid within. It's still kind of an external, it's, it's becoming more solid within, but it's not totally there. You know, as I listen to you talk about that, Leslie, what came up for me is my own process mm-hmm. of discovering and then deepening my personal relationship with God. And it happened to me very early on in life as well. And I found that what I had to do was unbundle my idea of religion, mm-hmm. of church, and of God. Mm-hmm. Because I had collapsed all of those things together in my growing up mm-hmm. in the Catholic faith. And when I separated those three things, I was able to understand that a personal relationship with God is different from what tenants or, you know, what tenants you believe or what holidays you celebrate is different from the place where you go to, um, to worship if you do that or the place where you go to celebrate your relationship with God if that is what you do at a church or at a, you know, at a building, uh, different from your relationship with God. Mm. And sometimes when you're struggling with an issue, you know you have to go from one end of the spectrum all the way over to the other to find some balance yeah. in the middle. And that's what happened to me. I stopped going to church. I stopped focusing on a particular religion and just focused on what it meant to be in relationship with God. And once I was able to do that and get a real sense of that for myself, then all of a sudden I understood and was able to appreciate in a whole different way the community that is church. And the reason why you go to church is about being with people who are of like belief. Right, right. And developing a community around that and not necessarily about your individual relationship with God. And that was a really important distinction for me. See, I love, love, love that. And I'm curious, can you can you remember the specific thing you did in that interim time when you said goodbye to the formalized church and you created that personal, were there things that you did or daily or weekly or something that you can remember that was useful and creating that relationship? Well, part of the process was really just the unbundling. I had to get in my head how I separated those, how I was able to separate those three things because really they had been so connected um, that it was hard for me to to see them separately. And a lot of the process was thinking through what religion was and what it meant to me, Mm. what being at church was and what it meant to me, so that I could really make an important distinction between those things. So it was a lot of mental processing at the time. The other thing that I did, though, once I felt like my relationship with God was something that I understood independent of those two things, Uh was I started going to different churches, different faiths that I had not um, experienced before Uh to just see where I felt like home, you know, what felt like home to me. And that was also just a part of the process of understanding where God was for me and mm. what God meant to me. Mm. Oh, I love that. And you allowed yourself the freedom to see where your relationship was most obvious. Yes, and it felt just, most yeah. comfortable. Yes, yes. And how many times we just stay connected to that religion 
and not ever maybe coming outside of that to say, does this work for me? And maybe it does. Maybe you return exactly back to the, but you have some individual journey that leads you back mm-hmm. to where you were or somewhere new. That's very cool. I'm glad Kim Kim came. Kim came. That's hard to say. I'm glad Kim's here. That's okay, easier to say. Yeah. I'm glad That's Kim is here today. Right. Rapidly. And well, Tracy yeah. Brown, did you always have a personal relationship with God that you defined as that, or how, what was that journey like for you? Well, in some ways, the answer is, yeah, I think I did always have a personal relationship with God, and I I had confusion sometimes about what I understood intuitively God to be, which, you know, in that one um, relationship, and what the church or religion said God was, because the the whole vengeful judgment, even heaven and hell. I think, you know, as a very young child, it is meant to scare you into doing certain things and not doing other things. Um, But even in my understanding of the Ten Commandments, growing up Baptist, so we got Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, this is really good. I love it. I love Um, it. You know, it's like I I remember very young, be, as, when I was old enough to, you know, understand the Ten Commandments, just the words themselves, the vocabulary, even then I remember thinking, well, this is really just a guideline, and, you know, if you're living a good life or being a good person, you're not going to do, you know, these things anyway. And it wasn't about if you break the Ten Commandments, you're going to go to hell. It's mm-hmm. like that never resonated with me. And I... I when I had that near-death experience, which I think I've talked about on the show a couple times in the last couple of years, at, you know, seven or eight or whatever age I was, it's like from that moment on, I I really did have a personal relationship with God. I'm just so very, I was so very clear intuitively that I was never in argument. I never felt confused about what was going on in the church. I could see the hypocrisy. And I could see, okay, that's what they're doing, but that didn't have any lasting effect on me. And then, like Kim described, when I was in my early 20s, I actually visited every faith, every type of spiritual community I could over about a six-year period to find, Not I wasn't looking for a new home, I was looking to understand and what I got really clear about is that everybody ultimately was teaching the same thing, that it was all one, it was the same God. And the story people made up about God was a little different, or how you were to interact with God was a little different, but it was all the same God. Right. Some people like murder mysteries, some people like comedies, some people like dramas. See, it's kind of like going to the movies. I always said, you know, churches. You have to pick your genre. <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm a comedy girl. I'm going to go to the Methodist church, right? Yeah, no. I so, love that. I think your it's genre. Check your genre. Check your, your genre. church check genre. You know, that it might be, be worth it. good book. <laughs> blog yeah. post, at least. At least a blog post. I don't post. know if we can get a whole book out of it, but it would be a good blog post. So um, I think it's worth, if you up to sharing a bit of that story again, many of us might not have heard it or remember it, the, the life, the experience you had when you had your near death, and the, the the meaning of that in terms of you got a glimpse of something that kind of is more, you, I don't use the right words, Kim, help me, it's ethereal, that's not the right word, but, you know, it's out there, it's intangible. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and so people that have had a, a more tangible experience, whether it be through a near-death experience or some sort of transformative, if you hear Eckhart Tolle talk, he'll talk yeah. about his moment of kind of going. So you want to take a, a quick break and you come back and do that? that? I'd love that. take a quick break.
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit. Does that feel odd to anyone listening that I brought us back? Because I never bring us back after a commercial. <laughs> I just had to say, you I do I bring don't. us back. I feel very interested. Some you bring us back all the time. <laughs> Maybe if you're coughing or something. Or, you know. But uh, but I did want to bring us back to be able to kind of pitch Tracy that, that uh, question one more time. It's uh, I think it is... Um, it's almost a gift in a way. I, you know, I spend my whole life going, just show me, God, if you just, you know, send a plane, perhaps. And, you know, in many ways I've had so many planes, but they've been, you know, less dramatic than some other people's experience. And I want to really, you know, black and white, cut and dry, yes, this is it kind of experience. And so I think in some ways I'm a bit envious and jealous and slightly bitter that you got one. Yay! <laughs> but anyway... So now, with all that being said, Tracy, tell us about whatever it was, because I don't remember. I remember the older one when you were in a car wreck, but that was when you were older, right? So the, you now have said there was one when you are seven. Uh, is there two different ones? I think ones? you have me confused with somebody else. <laughs> yes. My envy goes on and other people say about I'll car I'll wreck. that story, too. Yes, yes, I've yes. been in a number of car wrecks, but... <laughs> Well, actually, uh, yeah, you, it's just not adding up, probably, because I was in a car, but it wasn't a wreck. Okay. So um, when I, let's set the stage, or let's set the scene, uh, I was seven or eight, I think, and could have been a little younger. I was young, I was small enough that my mother had, was holding me in her lap. But I was very sick. When I was growing up, I had a really serious case of asthma. And I was, well, very sick and allergic to lots of things. And I would have these really um, challenging asthma attacks that sometimes would be fought of control. I had to be rushed to the doctor. And as if you're a regular listener, you know that I'm African-American. And I grew up in St. Louis. But I was still, um, I'm old enough that while I could go to any hospital legally, it still was not common practice, and you still were not fully welcomed, and the black community did not trust a lot of the care they would get if they went to certain hospitals. So the hospitals that were closest to our home, um, for whatever reason, my parents didn't take me there, and the doctor, our regular doctor, was quite a bit away, um, a little bit of a drive away into an area that was predominantly black. So whatever was happening that day, I was really bad, and whatever we normally did wasn't working, and so my parents packed me up, and, you know, we're in the car, and we're going they're rushing me out to uh, the doctor's office so he can give me a shot or whatever he's going to do. And uh, I can so vividly see, and I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood, but this one is so vivid, and I could see my dad driving, very focused, clutching Mm. the steering wheel, you know, being very focused with all of this adrenaline pumping, which, you know, being an adult now, I can really feel that. And neither, they're not talking to each other. My mother is a trained nurse, and she's holding me. And then basically I can feel physically the tension. I can feel that I'm not breathing, which is a really weird feeling. Oh, wow. You don't normally feel that you are breathing. Mm -hmm. You just breathe. But I can feel that I'm not breathing, and I hear my mother yelling, basically, she's not breathing, she's not breathing. Mm. And then I realize I'm watching the whole scenario, like, it's like um like there's a little shelf by the window of the passenger side car mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there mm-hmm. watching this happen. What people refer to as an out of body experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching it happen and um and they're driving along. Now I did not have the white light and the chorus of angels and I you know, I didn't have that. Um and that's not my style. So of course I'm <laughs> I was going to say that's not a Tracy Brown sort of oh, moment. Yeah. I was six. You weren't even. You know, that's not my style. You know that wouldn't happen. 
But I was very, it was like, oh, these people really do care about you, and they're doing the best they can, and you're, you you get to decide. They don't decide who you are and what you're going to be. You get to decide. Was that like a, was it a voice? Was it a, just a knowing inside? Do you, can you recall how that? I don't remember experience. any of it at the time. I see. You know, I was, I was well into my adulthood when it all flooded back to me, and I, then I remembered it clearly with this kind of detail. I see. So, and then I, I remember basically going, oh, that's right. And I'm sure it has something to do with me not being sure whether I was loved. I, I'm sure of that as an adult. Mm-hmm. At the t- you know, and you don't have a language as a six or a seven or an eight year old. You know, it's all that really kind of pre-verbal stuff. And I was not, you know, physically or emotionally abused in a tangible way. But I'm sure I had that question because I continued to have that question, like, oh, you know, growing up. So I'm sure that question was there. But I always knew growing up the answer was. You know, it's like my relationship with God and my relationship with myself, and I am responsible for myself, and I get to choose who I want to be and how I want to be in the world. And it gave me a level of independence with security that did not come from my parents. And I never had to be rebellious, but I was I was always really clear. Okay, back to the story for a minute. And so I really remember when I look back, it was like, oh, that's what's going on. It's like they can't save me. They don't necessarily know how to show me they love me. But it's obvious with you're looking at your dad, and he is like intense and focused, and you know, and you feel and see the worry of your mother. And here I am, the I am that I am, God. You know, basically saying, you know, they're good people. They're good people, and you are you. They don't get to they don't get to define you, and they don't get to decide. And whatever you decide, it's your decision, and it's all good, and you're perfect, and you know that kind of feeling. And I decided, you know, and I decided, and I heard my mother say, okay, she's breathing, and we pulled into the doctor's office, and I don't remember any, into the doctor's parking lot, mm-hmm. and I don't remember anything else about what happened. Except I loved my my doctor growing up, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> so as it, as it refers to our topic today, relationship with God, I, that was planted, and I didn't really have a conscious memory of it, but when I, after I remembered it when I was in my late 20s, and it's or early 30s, then everything made sense. I never, I hardly ever asked my parents for permission to do things. I knew what the rules were at mm-hmm. our house, and so it's like, okay, I have to live within those rules while I live in their house. And anything else, if I thought I wanted to do it, I would just kind of do it. But I was never drawn to do things that were illegal or dangerous or anything. It was more to express myself. And um, the things I had to ask for permission for, or get a, like a school thing, being a cheerleader, and you got to get your parents' signature. Were you a cheerleader in high school and college? You didn't oh my that? goodness! You didn't we have that? to stop everything. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. You were a cheerleader. Oh yeah, I was cheer, cheer, leader, leader, yeah. cheering. <laughs> That's very funny to me. I just. That's good. I don't know. Okay. I, I, know. Say, I don't know why that's funny either. Oh, my goodness. In high school. Oh, my college. goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's that's, turning red here. Yes, yeah. she is. Yeah, that's a whole image. That just doesn't, yeah, no. Well, that's, I don't know what your image is, but, yeah. Yeah, but let me also add uh-huh. this. In high school, I went to an all-black school. Uh-huh. So, that's intense cheerleading than it might so, that. <laughs> so, <laughs> y'all are more intense in your cheerleading, well, right? When you we, leave these kids today, dancing and talking yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like a, like a choreographed. Yeah, it was fun. Wow, it was fun. Okay, back to your story. Okay, back to the story. So, relationship with God, I have that, but all of that growing up, that independence, I was not rebellious as much as I was 
independent. Like I knew. I I would know. I would have this intuitive hit about what was the right thing for me or which class to take or what to stand for and what not to stand for. And I could never explain it. And, you know, once I got into New Thought, as Kim mentioned, it's like, you know, and as you mentioned, when you got into New Thought and you shifted, Leslie, your perspective of God outside and God within, that, I think, is when it started all making sense to me. That, oh, and then I got the gift of remembering. Mm. You know, I've always been there. A, a message from spirit. I've mm-hmm. always been right there. We have never been separated. We, you know, you have honored my guidance and you have welcomed my guidance and it, I didn't have to make a big show out of it. So, I've heard this story before, obviously, and every time I hear it, it touches me in a very special way. One, because I know you so well that I've seen that clarity over and over and over again in a way that I have been a tad bit envious of. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things it brings to mind for me is this idea that we all have a unique contribution to give to the world. Yes. And it mm-hmm. starts very early on in our story. right? And so it makes such sense to me to know the path that you're on now and the work that you're doing in the world, and how all that connects to this early experience and your relationship with God. Because so much of what you're doing now is helping other people understand and connect to their own relationship with God. And how perfect is that, given your yeah. story? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Right? There are no coincidences and there are no mistakes. But I, And I love the fact that we have a relationship with God, even when we don't know it in a tangible way. Because I'm really glad I didn't remember until I already had cultivated or was beginning to cultivate that, you know, okay, it's me and God. It's me and spirit as one and together. And I think if I had remembered before, it would have become an event. Mm. You know, it would become an event and I would talk about it as an event, you know, almost, well, external for me. It was an event that happened versus it's who I had become. Mm. So but on the other hand, if I had remembered it as an event, then I could have written The Power of Now before Eckhart <laughs> All things being given even, I would take the event. <laughs> Like I could have written conversations I'll with take, God I'll and videos down the wall. Well, there's still time for you to write your own version of the power of now and conversations with God that is uniquely Tracy Brown's contribution. And I, for one, will buy a dozen copies of it, so let's get on with it. You know, that is an interesting thing that I think we get caught up in that there's one relationship with God that is better, right? Or even just individually and and once that person has done that, you know, written that book about that relationship, well that's over. And you know, that's been done. Now I can't do that. But I think you had said something so profound, Kim, that you know, we all have that individual story to tell or yes. that individual relationship to to unveil and that my belief is once we are all more involved in that is when the concert of life or the vibration mm-hmm. of the world, you know, then, then then it lifts. And that 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 my little piece of it is so important because if I don't do my little piece of it, then I'm keeping the whole world at it, on some level, you know. There's, there's um importance to all of us lifting each other up because I can't go alone. If I just go up and everybody around me stays down, well, then my up is not as high up as it could be. So there's some sort of something that has to encouragement or, you know, come along or, you know, somebody ahead of me 
I have a spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, who's a Christian mystic, and she'll mm. she'll say she's the place card holder. <laughs> she uses the example of in the she used to be a, when she was in college. She was a delegate for her uh, convention for the for the polit- political, and she said she was literally the person that held up, you know, this county, you know, here I am, you know, and people would look for that sign and they would know where to go. And I'm like, she she said that she kind of has that metaphor in her head in terms of, you know, that's kind of who she is. She'll just hold up a sign, here's the possibility mm-hmm. of what can be fair when, you know, is it, it lifts everyone up by saying, okay, we can all be here. And um, I think that's, there's some power to I that. I love that, actually. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm the, the sign holder of, you know, peace, joy, mm-hmm. love, beauty, harmony. Here. It's available. It's here. here. <laughs> you know, come here. Let's have this conversation. Call in and say yes to spirit. You know, it's the placeholder. It's the card holder. It's the mm-hmm. sign holder. You know, it's I an love interesting that. Concept, yeah. And I think creating things like this, I know, you know, Tracy and I have been doing this show for so long, it becomes part of that deepening of the relationship. And we talk about spiritual practices and different things. I'm curious, Kim, if you have current day, since I don't know a thing about you, it'll be fun for me, you know? I knew everything about Tracy except for the cheerleading. I would never in a billion years, never, 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 except for she roller skates, so that kind of fits. But anyway, so I know all about Tracy. It's kind of, you know, but I don't know anything about you. So I'm curious, do you have anything that you do that kind of, uh, allows that deepening in your current experience with spirit or spiritual practices is what we call them, right? I don't know what other people call yeah. them. I don't know that they're different from spiritual practices that you may be familiar with. Mm-hmm. I meditate. Do you? Okay. I pray. Do you have a place you do that or how does, I how do. does that work? I do. I have a meditation chair do you? in my I love bedroom. It. I love it. Uh, and I love candles and I love music, so... Mm-hmm. Part of my practice is um, getting, setting the environment. I oh, think cool. environment is so important mm-hmm. to our ability to, um, to, to feel. Mm-hmm. And for me, connecting with spirit is, is a lot of things, but part of it is just this, this feeling, this sense of being connected mm-hmm. to not only what's inside of me, but what's inside of everyone else at the same time. So. Setting the environment is an important part of me feeling connected mm-hmm. to God, to myself, to everyone else. So I have music and candles, and I have a special chair mm. that I sit in. And um, and a long time ago, when I first bought my house, the woman who was uh, the real estate agent that worked with me gave me a meditation blanket. Really? Uh, and it, oh, cool. Well, it, and it has hearts on it, which is one of the things that I collect. And so I, you know, I have little rituals, things that are important part of uh, my my being able to connect immediately, you know, to mm-hmm. go into that space, into that zone uh, right away because I've cultivated that mm. kind of environment over time. I love that. And I do think there is something significant in, you know, there's all sorts of psychology even behind that in terms of creating a space and a certain thing you do, right? Heard um, Reverend Peter tell the story one time about I think it was a monk or someone that um, meditates with a shawl. It makes me think of it. He kind of has a shawl or something that he always meditates with, and he travels with it. And so when he goes in an airport or goes, he can get out this shawl, and when he puts it around him, it anchors him right there to that experience. And so you've done that in terms of your environment anchors you before you even go into the meditation. I would assume you're already kind of present to that. Well, that's cool. I like her. Can she come back? <laughs> no, okay. Anytime. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Music. No, yeah. music is such an important part of who I am and how, you know, what matters to me in the world. Mm. And so a big part of my practice is listening to uh, spiritual music as such. I mean, Michael Beckwith is one of my favorites. And I was mm. telling Tracy as I was driving here from Houston, which is about a four, four-and-a-half-hour drive, depending on how fast you go, yes. Yes. Um, I listened to uh, a CD of his all the way down here. And it. And when I got here, even though it was late and I was tired, there was this sense of being full that, you know, it, it carried me mm-hmm. through the drive. Yes. You know, at one point Tracy called because I had left later than what I intended and wanted to check in on me and say, are you all right? And I said, 
me and the Reverend Michael Beckwith oh, are wow. moving down the road. And it it was just, a, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, especially music, really mm-hmm. does make a huge difference in terms of my practice and my feeling of connection. Because music is such a gift. Mm. It's a gift to the person who gives mm-hmm. it. It's a gift to the person who receives it. And I believe it is, you know, part of your unique contribution to the world. If you have the gift of being able to give music, mm-hmm. and so I feel that person's connection when I'm listening to their, you know, to their contribution to the world. Oh, I love that. And we used to do a lot of music therapy back in the day in the psych hospitals, and it was really interesting. We'd do biofeedback and hook the kids up, and we would show them because they would never believe. You know, when you listen to that and this isn't a judgment, it's just reality in our physical being. When you listen to loud, you know, negative messaging, hard music, your body, your blood pressure changes, how your heartbeat changes, mm-hmm. how your breathing changes. When you listen to symphony, you know, it changes again. When you listen to different kinds of music, it does absolutely change. And sometimes we would find that some of the kids, because of the way that they actually got calmer when they listened to that loud, you know, that was so much their routine, so they were so used to it. So in a strange way, it kind of proved the theory that whatever brings you that peace is what you should stay with, right? But it does, if you're not used to that, then it will bring out something else. And I notice I will will listen to Christian music, and I have a a question for y'all here, if we need to take another thoughtful break or not before I ask y'all this question, because I want your full attention to my question because it's really been on my mind. I actually asked Reverend Beatrice yesterday in an email and she hasn't responded yet, so pressure's on you, people, really. Uh, in that case, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should take a very, 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 just a 30-second break and we will be right Without that grounding center, 
So I would pack my bags when I need to stay. You know, I would run from every situation because I would be caught up in fear. I would be caught up in a misguided false belief. And I would be like, okay, enough of this, let me go over here. When really the learning and the lessons for my own growth would be I have faith this is going to work out and I am guided and guarded and directed by God. The wind blowing in every direction would it's like, no, I get that metaphor, but I'm just saying for Leslie Money, 2012, can I say the year? What would be my, no, yeah. Just to stay? Would it be to stay? No, it's not about staying or go. <laughs> okay, I guess it's not about <laughs> staying or going. <laughs> Except, You're telling me I don't have a relationship with God? What is it saying? No, no, you have such a powerful, amazing relationship with God. <laughs> but that, that is the grounding place. The grounding place. That's home. The home. That's yeah. home. And there's no getting away from home. But if you didn't have home, you would be, if you didn't have, okay, if you didn't have feral cats and cats oh. depending on you yes. to feed them, yes. you wouldn't go to your physical home. You True would that. go hang out over here for two or three True days. That. And then you would go if somebody said, well, well travel you on. know, let, right. You would be all over the place. But because you have such a commitment ha! to go. That bring you back home. It's like my connection to God, the uh-huh. Spirit, brings me back home no matter what other things are going on out there. I love this song. I don't know this song. I know. I, I want to know the Christian name of song. This. Nobody in New Thought would know it. No, <laughs> oh, but I want to know that song. Actually, I don't, I don't even know the title. Christian, well, a lot of Christian gospel songs. Oh, those are good. Aren't they? And, I'm, you know, and it is a translation. A translation, yes. Yeah. But it doesn't keep me from loving Kirk Franklin or, oh, you know, yes. and, and the music that he produces or, you know, the whole list of people. So next time it comes on, I'll get the title. Get the title. Yes, I will. Look on your little display and get the title and the, or the artist. Right, right, right. Because now I'm curious. So I'm going to hear the song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is. You're right. Now that I see that, it is an interesting thing that 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 is the the thing that's there. Like we both of y'all have said, it's there whether we know it or not. So it's just a matter of unveiling or remembering, right? However, Leslie. Yes, Tracy. She scares me when she starts to sing it like that. The fact that yes. there is a pattern that every time you every hear this song, freaking time. you hear this song and yes. it grabs your attention. Yes, yes, that there is some there is message. Some message for me, you. right? Right. I'm a little nervous. Good point, yes. Tracy. Come on now, I'm knowing that. So if y'all think of it later, put it on the on the on the website. They can, listeners, if they think of what the message is for me, because I really want to hear it. If you have an intuitive hit and you're listening and you are like, well, it's so obvious. Yes, of course, Leslie. This this is is what it's about. Uh Then absolutely, um, yeah, post it. We'd love to know. So a spiritual practice for you, Tracy Brown, that reminds you not to blow in the wind and pack (laughs) your bags and leave? Hmm. And I love yeah. music, Kim. Thank you for bringing that one in because we have not seen that one before. That's a that's a really powerful one. I love that. Yeah, I think you know. Again, all the stuff that comes up all the time, meditation and and prayer. And if I was gonna pull out one spiritual practice in particular, um, right now in this phase of my life, it is. Nurturing and um, giving into, having no resistance to really deepening my relationship with prayer partners. Ooh, talk about that. What is a prayer partner? We haven't really talked about that. So that whole idea of knowing someone else's truth for them, but also really allowing others to know what I want prayer for and to allow them to do prayer and to be fully open to it. It's like, it, it is, it's funny because I'm talking about doing something with someone else, 
and how that is deepening my relationship with God, which is our our thing, mm-hmm. which sounds kind of funny. I think for many people it's like, oh, I go to other people for prayer all the time, and it would deepen my relationship with God if I did prayer for myself more. But I think for me it makes sense because for decades I've done really effective prayer for myself, manifestation processes for myself. And this shift over the last four to five years of being more in community, mm-hmm. um, the growth for me has been more in the partnership with others and recognizing that as a physical expression of the fact that each one of us is connected to the mind of God. Mm-hmm. So when this other person is doing prayer for me and I have a demonstration from that and it shows up, it's like, oh, that's right. I never was doing it by myself. It was me and God. But God can work just as effectively through this other person. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, because that person doesn't know all the story, all my story. So they just are like, absolutely this can happen. Boom, 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 boom. And then it happens. I'm like, wait a minute. I I believe it can happen. I wanted it to happen. But how come it didn't take six years? It only took like six minutes. Right. So I think for me that's the one I would highlight. Obviously I do daily practice. A lot of things that come up on the show a lot. I do meditation. I do prayer. I do... um, I'm I'm wanting to get more into a movement yes. practice. Even though roller skating for me really is a spiritual practice, as much as it is exercise, it's it's much more of a spiritual practice than exercise at this stage of my life. But I'm movement, you could do some cheerleading things. <laughs> you could get up and get off the cheerleading thing here. Do you get some old videos? Do you have videos? Were there videos back in the day? No, I'm much older have, than that. Did you have anything that shows you as a cheerleader? I still don't believe it. Is there a, is there proof? Because that would be movement. Are right? you good if I shift the subject here for a minute? Yes. <laughs> Not just for a minute, <laughs> for the rest of the show. But see, what I, you don't know about Leslie is yeah. that for the next three to four weeks, yeah. she'll be talking about cheerleading. Yeah. yeah. Well, what came up for me as I listened to you talk about working with a prayer partner, was one of the new spiritual practices for me, Leslie, is deepening my self-care. Oh, good. I'm realizing, uh, not realizing, I guess I'm understanding in a much deeper way than I have before that as I am an individualized expression of God Mm. and the spirit lives inside of this body, Mm -hmm. that it's important for me to take such good care of this body so the spirit's home is a good, healthy place. So as Tracy was talking about yoga and tai chi and eating healthy and getting enough rest, those things have become a spiritual practice for me as opposed to something that I do good for myself. I've elevated it to a spiritual practice because I understand that this body is more than just a body. It is a home for the individualized spirit of God in me. Oh, that is fabulous. Thank you for saying that. And so that's about all the time we have. What a great way to end the show on our relationship with God. We're also ending the series about relationships. So please join us next week to find out our new topic, our new theme, And uh, in the meantime, until we talk again, say Say yes yes to to spirit. spirit.